Morning, everyone. Help yourself to coffee and donuts. We're grateful to Becky and Avi Katz. We sponsored 10 minutes of meeting this year in memory of Becky's father, David Grossman, and Nishmas, David and Menachem Manash. We are in the fifth chapter of Mesil Sisharim. The Ramchal has been developing the Midah, the character trait of Zihiras, of vigilance and caution. Not to live life with alacrity and zeal, with a reckless abandon, but to try to anticipate and predict what are the obstacles that are going to knock us off course, what are the challenges that are going to distract us from leading our best lives and eliminating them from our path. So the Ramchal identified three character traits. There are three impediments to having a mindful, conscientious existence. Number one is being too overly involved in this world. Number two is cynicism and sarcasm. And number three is having negative influences, hanging out with a chevra, with peers who don't bring out the best in you, but bring out the worst. We last left off, the Ramchal was talking about the fact that it is impossible to live a mindful life. It's impossible to be the best version of ourselves without engaging in Torah daily. Could be listening to a shir, learning the dafyomi, opening a sefer, but Torah is what calibrates our compass. Torah is what helps us navigate our lives. Life is filled with so many distractions, so many temptations, an appetite for so much which is not in our best interest, that the only thing that can keep us on course, the guide that helps us be able to, as I said, live our best lives, is learning Torah every single day. If a Baruch if the Almighty created us, He designed us, and He placed us in a world filled with temptation, and He understands how we work. There are viruses within our software, and the antivirus software is called Torah. So if you're going to leave your operating system exposed to viruses, and you're not going to have antivirus software that combats it, of course, you're going to crash. You're going to crash. You're going to wake up, and all the utility and usefulness and meaning and purpose that you're craving, you won't have access to because the whole operating system will crash. And why will it crash? It'll crash. It'll crash because you didn't protect it. And how do we protect it? We protect it with Torah. Learning Torah every day. Whatever form of Torah speaks to you, and whether one is able to learn on a text base, whether one has to listen to a shir, engage in a chavrusa, participate in a chabura, but Torah is the antivirus software. It's what enables us every single day to re-examine our priorities, what matters, what's right. It gives us the strength, the courage, the resiliency to withstand the temptations we'll face during that day. We go to work, you drive on I-95, you see billboards, you turn on the internet, you read a newspaper. If you are alive, you are confronting temptation. You go to have breakfast, lunch, dinner, the snacks in between. Our world is filled with temptation that appeal to every one of the senses. So where do we get the courage? We theoretically, intellectually know what's right. We know what's in our best interest. But where do we get the courage? Where do we get the strength to do what's right? It's only through engaging in Torah. And if you try to ignore it, you say, yeah, who needs Torah? I am very uh, disciplined. I am very sovereign over myself. I am in control. I can do what's right and withstand the appetite. So you're ignoring the doctor who diagnosed the illness and who prescribes the therapy. If you think you could save yourself without Torah, if you think you can align your priorities and calibrate your values, you're making a mistake. And you know when you wake up realizing you were wrong? When you don't have a coach, Torah is the coach of life. It manages us, it coaches us, it guides us. You know when you realize you're wrong, 
When you wake up a day or a week or a month or a decade later and you say, you know what? I keep talking about I don't need a health coach, a nutritional coach. I don't need someone to work out with. I can do it myself. Why would I waste the money? Why would I spend the time? And then 10 years later, you wake up and you're, you're heavier than ever. You're more out of shape than ever. You're on more medicines than ever. And you realize, you know what? I guess I'm not strong enough to do it on my own. Not many of us are strong enough to do it on our own, whatever the it is. But including living moral, ethical lives, living most efficient and the best version of ourselves lives. We need Torah. Yetzirah is unbelievably powerful. It's relentless. It distracts. It tempts us. And without you realizing it, it's in the background. Just like the virus in the software, it's not, you know, nothing jumps up and says, hi, like to introduce myself, I'm a virus, I'm here to destroy your phone, I'm here to take down your computer, I'm here to ruin your email. It doesn't introduce itself, it operates in the background. It's, it's insidious, it's, it's odious, it operates just without your noticing it until all of a sudden you wake up and it crashes and you need to get to your files or you need to get to your email or you want to turn on your phone and nothing works. It crashed because it was operating in the background the whole time. And that's the Yet Sahara. It's operating in the background. Just eat that. What's so wrong? You're not going to blow up from one thing. Just look at that. Just say that. Just go there. Just do that. Just sleep in. Just... And if you try all the cures in the world, but you neglect what is the ultimate cure, which is Torah. Sadly, I can tell you, I know several people who neglected Western medicine. They said, ah, they were suspicious of Western medicine. Who needs doctors? Who needs therapy? Who needs their diagnosis? Who needs their medicines? I try all of my creative, and I'm not minimizing, I personally subscribe to, there are parts of Eastern medicine which are wonderful. They complement, they supplement Western medicine. But it's like abandoning what we know to be tested and true in honor of that which is not tested and is experimental and just feels right and then when a person at the end it's too late to try the western medicine they can't go back as much regret as they have they can't change course they can't go back to what was and then there's only regret so why should we wake up at the end of our lives and say you know I should have learned some Torah I just met with someone recently who's advanced in years and says you know I don't know how much time I have left I'm ready to take it seriously well, because they look back on their lives and they say what kind of different marriage could I have had? Different parenting, different children. How my days could have been filled with different meaning. How I could have gone to sleep with more contentment, satisfaction, fulfillment, achievement. And it's never too late. It's never too late to get the spiritual coach called Torah. It's never too late to get on that journey and on that path to calibrate what matters and to be able to have our best days. I was just listening to Tim Ferriss' podcast and he interviewed Jim Collins, the author of Good to Great. who uh, doesn't, doesn't agree to interviews very often. Jim Collins is a, was a Stanford professor, a management guru, a productivity guru. He wrote a fantastic, phenomenal book, Good to Great, several other books. He said that for, for over, over 10 years or 20 years, I forgot what he says, he keeps a spreadsheet where in one column he rates every single day. Minus two, minus one, zero, plus one or plus two. A fantastic day, he's energized, he feels productive, fulfilled, happy is a plus two. A miserable, terrible, depleting day where he feels just, he loses his energy and, and he got nothing done and he feels bad about himself is a minus two. And an eh, a day is a zero. That's one column. 
In another column, he kept a record of everything he did that day. How many hours of what he calls creative work, and who were the people he interacted with, what were the things he did. And then he goes back and he analyzes quarterly and annually to correlate what produced the good days, the bad days, versus what he did those days. Who were the people he hung out with that left him at a zero or a minus two? And what were the meetings, the interactions, the activities that put him at a plus two? And then he tries to design his life to only be with the people and only be engaged in the activities. Now, not all of us have that flexibility. You can't write family members out of your life. You can't say, you make me a zero or a minus one or a minus two, you're out. You can do that with business associates or some friends. You can't do that with, with family members. But the point is, I bet, Jim Collins didn't mention this, but I bet if we were to do that in our lives, and one of the activities we would track is how much Torah we learned, we'd find that days where we learn Torah go into the plus column. A day that we study Torah, a day that we nourish our neshama, a day that we feed our soul and we remember who we really are and what life is really about, will be a better day. It doesn't mean we won't have challenges that day. It doesn't mean we won't confront obstacles that day. But it means we'll be more empowered. Our life is more enriched. We are more alive because our neshama has been nourished. Track it. Keep a spreadsheet. Which days you learned Torah, didn't learn Torah, and rate the day at the end of the day. And I'm willing to bet that you'll find a high correlation between the study of Torah and living a more meaningful, best version of ourselves lives. Have a great day.